Hi there, and welcome to the Leaky Bucket Podcast. I'm your host, Ian Morgan, and this is the Financial Performance Podcast for entrepreneurs looking to get a better understanding of their numbers, to plug the leaks in their business, and to move from surviving to thriving. Thank you, Ian, for joining me for another episode of the Leaky Bucket Podcast. Today, I wanted to delve in a little bit about kind of knowing your worth and then also the client process that comes along with that. So an important part of MBA is our client selection process. And even in my own experience, people will call up and think they can just call up and get put straight through to you and they're going to immediately be a client. So it's quite a lengthy process. They're always quite shocked. Has the process always been, you know, discovery call, proposal meeting, kickoff session? How has it changed? No, I think certainly in the very early stages that we just take on anybody. You just, yeah, right. There's an inquiry. Here's the price. Where do you want to sign? And actually, we we displayed prices on our website for for a number of years. So people were inquiring already ready to buy because they knew what the price was. They possibly couldn't get that price easily somewhere else. So it was just go, do you know what? If they're displaying prices, it must be fair. Let's just get on with it. And we probably signed five to 10 new customers per month on, on a regular basis. but. Did we really, really help those clients? Probably not. We didn't really identify who we wanted to work with, who we didn't want to work with, what pain that might cause by working with the wrong people. We just took everybody. So why did you feel the need to kind of make it more of a specific selection? It was the fact that we were just overrun with clients. Felt like we just couldn't do any more and just go, okay, we we increased prices. And then just when... That's all very well. But if we increase prices and just keep doing everything that we've done already, we're just going to have the same problem just a little bit further down the line. So actually, the next step now is to go, if we're going to create room now for people to come in, who's the right fit and who's the wrong fit, wrong fit clients? So we actually went through a process um, from, a, from a business coach of ours called the pain in the ass factor. And you basically look at what do you think that's important values that your your customers, your clients should show. And you rate that from zero to 10 on one axis. On the other axis, you bring the value that they actually bring, so monetary value they actually bring to the business. And you effectively just plot everybody. And then you just divide it up into four sectors. So you've got sort of got the, the top sector, which is the people that are, low pain in the ass but high value they're your ideal clients you've got the bottom sector which is low monetary value but high pain in the ass and they're like your don't really want to work with these these are who you need to avoid your two other sectors so the people who are higher value monetary but they are a pain in the ass you sort of go okay is it worth charging to account for that the people the other way, you go, well, they're low, they're low pain. Um, so they're they are low pain, but they're low paying as well. So you go, okay, they're not really a pain, but you're not really making any money out of them. Yeah. The the two in those middle fields you can do something with. You can go, actually, the people that are low pain, but they're low profit, you can increase what they're paying. You can go, actually, there's a way that we could add in additional services or do other things with them, that we can move them up towards the target. Similarly, with the people who are a bit of a pain, but they're paying high, you can have conversations with them about the things that are causing you pain and the challenges and what you can do to move them towards the, the top field. The people in the bottom section, 
you, you can't fix both. You can't go to somebody and go, look, there's all these things that you're doing wrong and I don't like about you. And you're also not paying us enough. So I want you to change the way that you're working with us. And I want you to pay extra for it. It's just never going to work. So we took the decision to go, actually, those ones there, they they need to be packaged up and moved on. And there's plenty of new accountants who are just starting up. They're prepared to buy those. And they they may well be good clients for them because they need they need income. They need that happening. But what the key thing that it highlighted is we could find and spot trends and similarities in all the clients that are in the, the top section um, to go, actually, they're prepared to pay us and we don't really get any pain or any challenges. And how do we get more of them? But now you start to know what they look like. It was what do the actual clients look like, but also what do the people behind those businesses look like? Like, are they a certain age? Are they a certain sex? Have they got certain interests that, that you know, they're interested in? Have they got hobbies? Um, yeah, all of these things. And you start to pick up and go, ah, okay, right. And I think we find like 70% of our clients are in that top right, a male. And we're like, okay, didn't realize that. We thought we had a pretty even split. Um, and then we just go, okay, do we need to have marketing and advertising that's targeted towards male business owners? And I think they were most of them like 30 to 50. So you go, actually, now we've got quite specific what are 30 to 50-year-olds males interested in? And you can start to link onto those things and start to create some of those, those connections. Obviously, a little bit about the benefits. Are there any other benefits in using this prep of this process, apart from kind of whittling down okay, some of the, I don't want to say bad clients, but the clients that maybe we're not best suited to? Yeah, and I think that's an important distinction, actually, that I know we can, if you like, label them as bad clients, but bad clients for us, that doesn't mean they're bad for somebody else. Yeah. Um, for somebody else, that might be the best client, you know, because for us, uh, I'm trying to think, like we don't particularly work with with farmers and in agricultural because there, there's lots of complex rules and it, it just slows down our process. But there are businesses, there's accountants out there who specialise in that. Um, and I'm sure that they do brilliantly and that they have great clients off the back of it. But for us, that doesn't work. Yeah. Um, and that leads quite nicely into the, one of the big benefits. By having particular types of businesses within particular industries or particular ways they work, what we were able to do was create a process that probably covered 80% of the, the main bulk of work we needed to do. And so the testing was to go, can clients fit in this 80% process? And then we just tweak the other 20%. So somebody might have a slightly different sales system we need to connect up or um, we need to just tweak the way we communicate with them because they prefer WhatsApp as opposed to email, for example. Um, but we can do those little tweaks. But whereas before what we were doing was we'd have people on all different accounting platforms, they were in all different industries. There was just no real defined process or similarity between anybody that you could only have certain people who could work on certain clients because they were the ones who knew about them or any of the quirks that they've got within their area. So, for example, we probably had 10 or 15 clients that were on Sage, but probably only had me that knew how to use it. So any client that came in that was on Sage, I, I had to do that work. And you go, how does that lend itself to being a stronger team? Because we were like the jack of all trades, yeah? like. We, we were not amazing at anything in particular. We were just average at like everything. 
So how do we get ourselves to that next level? And we just go, actually, let's start being selective. Right. What platform are we going to use? And that's where we established and went, right, Zero works best for the people that we want to work with because if you look at the most of those bunch, they all use Zero and the feedback they give us, they use it because of X, Y, and Z. And then we okay, great. So now we're looking for those types of clients, but we also know we can be advisors to go, why are you using this other product? Because actually we've already established that the successful people in this area are already using Zero for these reasons. So you start to get clear processes that you can follow time and time again. And you are therefore it's much easier to train stuff because you're training staff to operate good processes. And then you also become knowledgeable about certain industries or certain types of businesses or certain setups that you can then give that advice out. And I think mostly that's what people want. They want the advice and they want the guidance because they um, they feel a bit scared or a bit lonely in terms of their mates how to make a big decision. But they want just want a bit of hand-holding through that process. Do you ever get worried that you're potentially missing out on some really, really good clients that maybe just are getting through the not boundaries that we put up, but like the categories? I think there is. Sometimes you do speak to people. Like so we we don't tend to work people with product-based businesses, but there's a good reason. Like we we don't know how to help in the majority of situations. So we do, we do have some people who are like, we've got some people who, who provide trained assistance dogs, right? So you could argue that there's a, a product, but actually they're not just supplying a dog. Yeah, somebody can't just go and buy. And that's the point. Like we don't want somebody who just goes, oh, I need to get a new, I don't know, a new laptop. And now ultimately it comes down to a feature list. There's a service behind that product. Yeah, it's how well are the dogs trained? What can they be trained in something specific? Um, is there something that they can then achieve and they can do? And there's outcomes that they can achieve off the back of that. Rather than it's not just going, oh, there's a dog. We'll just buy this one because it looks cute. The the negative though can be that you can get drawn in, you can see some potential solutions, maybe to somebody who's got a business that doesn't quite fit. So a product-based business, you can see some maybe of those fixes and you can go oh yeah i could do those bits but actually where's the longevity in that relationship because actually it's soon going to become a position where you go do you know what? i don't know and it's okay to not know but you need that to be a rarity you need to be able to ask the right questions and challenge that business owner um, and have good levels of conversation that puts them in the right path in the right direction so it's remaining true to ourselves and just going look short term yes that works long term no and I guess one thing that our client process kind of consolidates is knowing your worth and knowing your business's worth. Um, how how is that linked? How is that notion kind of intertwined into our client process? Yeah, so I think business owners probably strange in that respect, right? They they do know what they're worth, but they also doubt it at the same point. So the confident element of that comes from the fact that they were prepared to start something, so a business that was going to make a difference and change that. The lack of confidence, I think, comes in when you go, but I see somebody else doing something different to what we're doing. So maybe now I'm wrong. Almost like there can't be two versions of being right. It's right or it's wrong. So I think staying in your lane and knowing what you're good at and how you really, really help people is really, really important because that's where your value lies. Yeah. We spent a number of years as a generalist accountants and 
as a business, we probably weren't that successful. But we, if people asked me, we would share uh, our, our client numbers in terms of, oh, look how successful we are. We, we're up 20 clients where we were two months ago or whatever it might have been. But the reality was, in terms of the hours that I worked and the money we made, um, both probably going in the wrong direction. I think that element of being disciplined to just go, this is what we're really, really good at, means that actually you can then start to create that really successful business. And as we've started to do that, I'm like being prepared to share a bit more about the successes that we've now got that people are now more interested in coming to us to be part of that journey, to go, well, how, how did you do that? What are you teaching? You're clearly gone from frustration, challenge, not being deemed successful to, to having a degree of success. Um, if we didn't, if we weren't open and we didn't share what was going on, but we claim that we're then about helping people be successful and create financial freedom. But what proof have we got of the concept? Um, we might have clients who are doing it and we do obviously have clients who are doing it, but not every client wants to share their journey and their story. So being prepared to be vulnerable and go, do you know what? This is the mistakes we've made. This is where we've gone wrong. This is now the successes we've got because we've learned from those things. And actually probably also being aware to go, some of the things that we're talking about today that go, we're trying this and we think this would be successful. That may well be a learning point later to go, that wasn't the right thing to do. What we're prepared to do is be, be vulnerable and question people on their, their motives and the direction they're going in. Um, so that they're treating themselves like what are they really trying to achieve? Not for somebody else. Like don't, don't like, um, buy something or have something because you want to show up to other people. Do it because it's the important thing for you and it makes a difference in, in your life and what you're, you're trying to achieve. I think that having that degree of clarity of knowing where you add value, I think just increases your value even further. That as you start to help people, I'm just trying to think of a good example, actually, right? So most people come to us and ask for the latter two things that we do, financial clarity and financial freedom. Very, very rarely, uh, and you'll know this live from doing uh, initial discovery calls, very, very rarely does somebody phone up and go, do you know what I really, really want? I want accurate bookkeeping. <laughs> it's, just, it's just not on high on people's agenda until you explain the consequences to go, actually, do you know the reason you don't have financial clarity? It's because you don't have financial control. Because until that bookkeeping is up to date regularly and it's accurate and you have tests to prove that it's accurate, all these reports and everything that you're doing, all these you know, fancy KPIs and management reports and graphs and all of that, an absolute rubbish because the data is wrong. And that level of confidence just to make that statement comes from knowing how we add value. That if we get that bookkeeping under control and get it sorted and get it all accurate and get it up to date, everything that they already were trying to do can be tweaked. But they were getting frustrated um, because they're trying to get the right results, but they're almost there on step five, but they haven't done step one to four. And one of the key things I think that we have then is we, we have quite a robust onboarding process that takes a long time, you know, typically sort of three months or so. And 
that's there for a, for a reason. The reason is to to do all of these financial control elements, um, and that then there's a, a celebratory point to go. Actually, once somebody's got all of these things under control, now you start to get to the thing you asked for in the first place. So, yeah, you wanted to to start improving your life. You wanted to start having more clarity over where the business is going and what it's achieving. Now that can start to be worked on, but for the meantime. We've had to work on all of those things of, of control and getting things to where they want to be. And I think that probably works not just within the financial function of their business, but also within the general running of the business as well. That most people are trying to get ahead of themselves and they want to hire uh, you know, multiple people and, and do certain things. But actually, often it can be, yeah, but where's your processes and your systems? Like, just hiring help is the easy answer. Go, yeah, I'm really, really busy. I just need to hire somebody who can just take the work off me. But typically, most people will hire somebody similar to them because that's what shows them. They go, oh, great, it's worked so far with me. If we had another me, that's great. And it probably works for one person. Then you hire another, try and hire another one and another one. And before you know it, actually, the big frustration you had was all the things that you don't like doing. So typically, for most business owners, they like doing um, sales type orientated stuff, marketing, and then maybe the actual doing of the work. But behind that means that nobody's really doing maybe the answering of emails, the sorting out of um, all the admin and everything behind the scenes, making sure everything's organized, the paperwork, all of those bits. And all you've done by hiring two, three, four other people who don't like doing that is just created more of that work that's not getting done, not being done. And you just create this mess <laughs> um, that I don't know, I'm trying to think what it's like almost like a whirlwind where you're no longer in control. There's just all of this stuff going on and, and you don't know what's happening. So that, yeah, that, that race to be find quick fixes, I think is, is a, is a real challenge that, and if you come back to knowing to stick in your lane, Actually, I know what I'm good at. What am I not good at? I can hire people who can do the opposing things well. So actually, maybe our first hire should be a, a, an admin assistant, a BA, a PA, who can take on all of the tasks that you would like to be offloading and get rid of. Because then actually, you now start to get more free to go, oh, look, you know, I've got more time to do these things that I was particularly good at doing. So it's not to necessarily go and hire more people like yourself. That almost feels, it's the typical business owner thing, it's ego-driven again. It's, you know, I'm, I'm the best. Let's hire people who are like me, but maybe just not quite as good as me. Um, whereas actually, if you go and hire somebody who has opposing skills, what if they're better than me? Yeah, they probably are in the areas that they are naturally good at, but that's a good thing. And that's exactly why people should then necessarily be coming to us and looking at uh, the accounting function yeah they've probably been doing enough to get by or they've been doing they, they maybe hired maybe uh, somebody to do that role but maybe not a specialist and then you go hang on right to go to the next level we need to get somebody who they love doing this this is exactly what they're good at they know what they're good at they will tell us openly if, if they can't help and everybody just gets to walk away but actually they can really focus on adding massive value to our business in the right area very much i've really enjoyed talking about you know knowing your worth and the client process today thank you very much Liv. it's been a pleasure thanks so much for listening to this episode of the leaky bucket podcast i'd love it if you could help spread the message by clicking subscribe and leaving a review 
Also, please do reach out to me on LinkedIn and let me know your thoughts on this episode. You can also find more info and links in the show notes below. See you next time.